0: 702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener.
1: Live, streaming countrywide.
0: On the Prime Media Plus ad.
1: Yes TV Channel 856. 92.7. And 106 FM.
2: On the show today, inflation is up to 5.3%. The finance minister will deliver the budget this afternoon. Tabo Besta and Dr. Nandipa Magudamana appear in court. The DA loses its bid to have CADA deployment declared unconstitutional. Judge John Clopper's impeachment vote to go ahead this afternoon. And the remains of two soldiers killed in the DRC handed over. All of that over the next hour. 702.
1: Let's walk the talk.
2: Good afternoon, welcome to the Madeira Report on 702 and Cape Talk with me Mandy Wiener. Sure, there is a lot going on today. Lots of breaking news stories uh, coming out of the courts. I'm watching outside the City Hall at the moment. There are protests taking place there ahead of the budget speech this afternoon. Enoch Gorongwana will deliver that. What are your expectations of him? Uh, the great juggling, balancing act, tight walk, roping, uh, all of that stuff, you know, when it comes to the finance minister, where does he find the money to pay for everything. The DA um, lost its bid to have CADA deployment declared unconstitutional. And that's on the back, of course, of the fact that we've just had those records handed over from the ANC to the DA. And then also this afternoon, we are now going to have an impeachment vote uh, on Judge John Clope, also on Judge Nkola Motata. This is unprecedented to have a judge impeached In South Africa so we're watching that one Uh, in case you missed it also the annual consumer price inflation rose to 5.3% in January up from 5.1% in December the economists were expecting it to go to 5.2% so it's higher than anticipated Um, we know it's also edging closer to that 6% band that the Saab likes to keep it in so what is the impact going to be of that sure a lot going on send me a whatsapp voice note 072-702-1702, 072-567-1567. Let's start with the court appearance today by Thabo Besta and Dr. Nandipa Maguramane. Of course, that was a a pre-trial hearing uh, that was supposed to take place today. Um, the uh, footage on the TV news station showing us that Dr. Nandipa Maguramana pretty much uh, iced Tabo Besta today. She ignored him, uh, gave her father a very long hug as she walked into um, the, the dock. Uh, the big uh, point, though, was an argument from Tabo Besta's lawyers that uh, he's a diabetic. And he's not being given the appropriate food. He says he's been given high sugar and high carb foods, so he's not eating. Have a listen to uh, the prosecutor, Amanda Bester, and Bester's new lawyer, Advocate Sidat, speaking about this issue in court today.
3: Uh, My Lord, um, this morning morning I received um, information regarding accused number seven, uh, Bester, that uh, he is taking chronic medication for uh, diabetics. But he refused to um, have his food this morning and he also again refu- uh, refused to take his breakfast that they brought from him um, from Grootvlein. I discussed that with his new lawyer and I asked him to address that with his client and maybe he can just confirm if he solved the problem with Mr. Bester in that regard. And I've got nothing more to say.
4: Thank you, Mr. Bester.
5: <coughs> this is the court, my lord. Uh, in response to my learned colleague in regards to accused number seven and him not wanting to have his meal this morning. The issue is not him wanting to have the meal, Your Worship. The issue herein is if he does have that meal, my client is a diabetic, Your Worship, and the food that was provided to him will spike his sugar levels. They have not taken that into consideration. Uh, If they have, Your Worship, they will offer him food which would be consistent to giving someone who has diabetes. He has medication which he needs to (coughs) consume unfortunately cannot take the medication because he hasn't consumed any food thus far he's informed them numerous times but they refuse i was in the cells myself i've seen what type of food they what is happening today or are we talking today your worship this morning so so what is it sought to your worship accused number seven cannot Uh, literally consume any food this morning because the sugar levels and the carbohydrates are very rich in the the food that they're offering to give him.
2: Cue some eye rolling, no doubt. Um, But if he is legitimately diabetic, of course, then he does need to not eat a high sugar, a high carbohydrate diet. Komoto Madise, EWN reporter in court for us. Komoto, good afternoon to you. Uh, Take us through what happened in court today. Well,
3: Mandy, I think the interesting part was just before proceedings began right in the Plumpetern High Court, Tabo Besta and Nandipa Makurumana, well actually it was Dr Makurumana who walked right past Tabo Besta, ignoring him essentially, and went to sit at the end of um, the dock, the dock seemed rather small actually, um, struggling to fit all nine of the accused, and then she gave her father a very long hug. But I think it was also interesting, Mandy, to see some of the accused sharing rather you know uh, long conversations with Besta. They seemed rather comfortable around each other. Zanda Moyo, who is the Zimbabwean national who's, uh, who was denied or you know abandoned his bid for bail, also speaking quite you know um, uh, intimately with Besta under under um, their breath as well as. The other accused also sharing a conversation with him. Uh, the matter today was set for uh, pre-trial proceedings, and we are expecting him to get a date at least for trial. That didn't happen because the new legal representatives that have been introduced in this matter, including Best as uh, legal reps, he's on his fourth legal representative since the start of this um, matter or since his arrest. And so today, new lawyers have come on record for him. Um, advocate is Mohamed uh is now his representative, and the matter has been postponed to the
2: 5th of June for pre-trial. Khomotso, thank you very much for that. Ghamotsu EWN reporter, giving us an update there. So uh, the proceedings very much are taken over by Tablebester's dietary requirements. She reminds me of that escape last week of the um, the rapist who went to go see a dietitian. In, was it, it was a mamalodi. And he escaped from custody while visiting a dietitian. And lots of people say, well, I can't even afford a dietitian. Uh, so are these things that we should be considering? Of course, human rights are human rights. But a uh, very concerned lawyer, advocate out there, saying that Thabo Bester is not getting the sufficient diet for his diabetes.
1: 7.02, the Midday Report, Monday to Friday,
2: 12 to 1 p.m., two big judgments handed down this morning within minutes of each other. The first was the DA's application on catered deployment. The other was the uh, Western Cape High Court striking, suspended Judge President John Clope's urgent application to interdict Parliament from voting uh, on that impeachment, pr- his removal from the role this afternoon. So that's supposed to happen and will now happen this afternoon. Judge Sulette Potterell uh, hearing that matter, of course, uh, she was brought in from Garteng, because the irony of this whole thing is that Judge John Chlope was appearing in his very own court. Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter, following this today. What did Judge Potterall have to say about uh, Chlope's application and the urgency
0: around it? Well, well, essentially we understand that the reason that it was struck from the roll was because of a lack of urgency. Now, this goes back to the fact that obviously we know that Judge President Chlope knew that this was coming as far back as December if not even before then Um, and yet he only bought this urgent application for an interdict last week and essentially what Judge Pachel said is that the interdict was dangerous and undesirable she said the National Assembly had a duty to fulfill its constitutional obligations and she said that the court had to decide whether or not the timelines were justified or the urgency was self-created which ultimately we understand the court has now found that this was urgency that um, the judge president created himself
2: So uh, what happens now because um, there's no urgency which means there's no um, successful uh, interdict so the impeachment goes ahead, uh, the vote goes ahead.
0: The vote does go ahead Um, this was really a last ditch bid to try and halt the vote but there is now nothing standing in the way of that vote going ahead. Um, Even if the judge president were to bring some sort of an appeal and we know that appeals when it comes to interdicts are very 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 tricky that wouldn't have any effect today and so the impeachment vote will go ahead later on this afternoon. We must also remember that um, Judge President Floppe does also have a challenge sitting in the Constitutional Court at the moment um, and there he's challenging the processes that Parliament followed. Ultimately if the Constitutional Court rules his favour down the line he might have some sort of recourse at that stage but for now the vote should go ahead as planned. And the vote on Judge Nkola Motata. And the vote on Judge Nkola Motata both will take place at the same time. It's amazing how
2: long it has taken to get to this point on both the Nkola Mutata and John Klope matters. I feel like my entire career I've spent reporting on both of uh, these two two issues. So. Uh,
0: Absolutely. I mean, I was in varsity when, when the events at the heart of these matters actually took place. So it's been over a decade in both cases, an incredibly long, drawn-out, protracted process.
2: Bernadette, thank you very much. Uh, Bernadette Wicks, EWN reporter. So this afternoon, unprecedented, it's going to be the first time that we do have this taking place. Uh, both judges have been found guilty of gross misconduct. So this shouldn't just happen in isolation. Uh, so the vote will be the first to happen in Parliament this afternoon. And now, it's back to Mandy Wiener on The Midday Report.
1: This is 702.
2: Let's walk the talk. 12.21 on the midday Report. Let's go to that other second big judgment today. The Democratic Alliance's bid to have the ANC's catered deployment policy declared unconstitutional. Judgment handed down by Judge Aubrey Ledwaba today in the Gauteng High Court in Pretoria, dismissing the DA's bid with costs. And the context for this, of course, is that uh, the ANC handed the minutes of its meetings uh, around catered deployment to the DA on Monday following a constitutional court decision. The DA has said that it will appeal this to the SCA, potentially to the Constitutional Court. We will speak to the DA's leader, John Steenhuisen, in a minute. But first, let's go to the ANC's Makhlengi Bengo uh, who is the spokesperson for the ANC. Makhlengi, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time uh, today. What is your reaction to this judgment today?
6: We welcome the judgment by the High Court um, in Houting dismissing with costs the application by the Democratic Alliance to have the ANC CADA Development Policy and deployment strategy declared unconstitutional. It is a vindication because we believe that this is all politically more than anything um, unknown to all parties, governing parties and opposition parties across the world. It is about the application of uh, Catered Deployments that we need to discuss. And the ANC itself has been, has gone public to say that we are reviewing the manner in which cater deployment is applied. It is the ANC itself that has gone public to say that we are about the professionalization of the civil service and it must be South Africans. They should not be any ANC members. It is South Africans and patriots of great standing both in terms of merit, in terms of their um, qualifications, in terms of their credentials, in terms of their ethics that
2: deserve to serve the people of South Africa. The ANC has said that the DA is gaslighting it. Uh, also a suggestion from the ANC that all political parties should reveal uh, its records of catered deployment. What do you mean by that?
6: Well, we basically are going to be taking this further. Um, This is just the beginning because we believe that the ANC is being put in a corner where actually it's a corner that is not deserved. We are going to be going all out to get all political parties, where they govern, to release. And if they don't release anything, to demonstrate that there has been catered deployment. We know of several instances, countless cases under the DA leadership. In the city of Cape Town, we have witnesses to that extent. We know of similar things in the city of Swaziland. In fact, some of this information is already, I mean, in the public domain, so it's not it's something that is new or that is unknown. We know of, uh, you know, the employment of um, a bodybuilder uh, in the office of the mayor. Who did not deserve to be there by virtue of a lack of qualification, as well as uh, not fit right.
2: for purpose. Yeah, Macayya, I just wanted to get clarity. So you, you say the ANC has been on record saying it's reviewing the policy of of CADA deployment. What is the status of of that review, and do you think that there could be a policy change um, ahead of the elections, or will you will you be f- firm on that?
6: While our policy remains intact. The the reviewing I'm talking about is in terms of emphasizing meritocracy, making sure, and you will see this, Mindy, in our candidate selection process because catered deployment also applies to the political office bearers. If you look at our candidate selection process, you can see that uh, clearly we are intentional about bringing the best to the people of
2: Makhlenghi, thank you very much. Makhlenghi Bengu motsuri is the ANC spokesperson reacting to that judgment today and giving clarity on the ANC's position there. Let's get reaction now from John Steenhuisen, who's the leader of the Democratic Alliance. John, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time today. What is your reaction to this uh, judgment by Judge Aubrey Ledwaba in the High Court?
4: Well, obviously we're very disappointed in it, um, but we regard this as the first step in a much greater fight against Cada deployment. Um, I've already indicated we're going to take this on review. And I think that if people read the KDA deployment minutes and see to the extent uh, Cada deployment went that we've released now publicly on our website, they would see that it completely undermines the judgment that seems to infer that there is this magic line that exists between the party and the state. I think if you read those minutes and look at those uh, deployment uh, records, you'd be able to see there is no such line and that the CADA Deployment Committee was itself responsible for the the deployment of a number of people into key positions in the state. So um, we look forward to uh, applying to supplement the uh, appeal with this new information and we are confident that a different court We'll come to a different uh, a different outcome. Uh, this is exactly the same approach. We fought the Encandela matter all the way through to the Constitutional Court. We fought the Spark Tapes matter all the way through to the Constitutional Court, and we will see this case through all the way till the end until we get rid of this terrible policy of gated deployment. That has caused such drama. I want to just make a very clear distinction having listened to your previous. Yeah, guest I was about, about to ask man, you, and you,
2: and you were listening to, to Machlengi. She's yeah, made uh, yeah. various suggestions, allegations yeah. that you're gaslighting, yeah. well, that the DA is responsible. Yeah. What is your reaction?
4: Well, it is complete nonsense because the persons that she's referring to are not public, they're not public uh, civil servant office bearers. All of those people were political appointees in the offices of political appointments. And that is very distinct from the civil service. And that's a point we've been making from the beginning. There's a very different appointment process used for political staff in an office. And their tenure is linked to that of the political principal. If the political principal leaves, they leave. And the next political principal is able to appoint staff in the office. That's how it works world over what we're talking about here is appointments into the civil service we're talking about appointments of judges we're talking about the appointments of ambassadors we're talking about appointments onto boards of state-owned entities and those people remain in those positions uh, as long as as they are employed there it's not linked to any political oversight or mm. any, uh, any other political. So there is a very big distinction. And what we mustn't do is allow the ANC now to try and bait and switch. We accept that in the office of the president, in a minister's office, in a mayor's office, and in an MEC's office, there are certain positions in there that are political appointments. That is accepted political practice. What we're talking about here with catered appointment is into the civil service, permanent civil service positions. And I think the ANC mustn't try and fool people now uh, in that regard and try and and blur the lines. The two are completely uh, different uh, appointment processes. Mm. And, and different
2: tenures. You say in your statement that uh, the election on the 29th of May has become a referendum on catered deployment. You could argue that it's a referendum on unemployment, it's a referendum on crime and corruption and load shedding and various other things. Um, is this particular issue a key election issue for you? Because that's what the ANC is arguing is that this is now electioneering. Well, I mean, I would say
4: that the electioneering uh, is being done by the ANC. and now keep coming out and defending this policy. And if you look at the Secretary General's tweets, he's now indicated they're going to carry on with catered deployment and carry on doing this. So if you want to stop it, and that's the point the statement is making, we can avoid long legal processes. The best way to end cater deployment is to vote the ANC out on the 29th of May and vote a new government in. I've already committed my party to within the first 100 days, should we form part of a new majority government in South Africa, to tabling the indicator deployment bill, which will indicate a deployment for whichever party is in charge, even if it's the DA, the IFP, the EFF, whoever is in charge, that bill will end it and will introduce a professional independent civil service that serves the people and not the politicians that is the only way we're going to root this up and when you yeah. see these minutes and realize how pernicious it is when you see that there was a cater deployment whatsapp group that there was a database of 175 anc cadres who are ready for deployment based not on their expertise or ability to do the job but on their loyalty and length of service to the Mm. ANC. That's what we have to root out.
2: John, thank you very much. John Steenhausen is the leader of the Democratic Alliance. There you have reaction from the DA and from the ANC to today's judgment in the High Court in Pretoria uh, which has dismissed the DA's bid with costs to have uh, catered deployment declared unconstitutional and as John Steenhausen says, they will be appealing this matter.
1: What's up, Mandy? On
5: 072-702-1702. And uh, just to follow up on that, uh, Mandy, I see the DA has uh, released uh, the records of the CADA deployment. So I don't know if this thing will have any bearing on the legalities of the matter because I've just downloaded the documents. It's 1,177 PDF pages. Wow, we're going to have a field day reading what the ANC's internal people are doing particularly that president uh, Ramaphosa was the chairman at the time of these uh, decisions were taken of entities
3: Hi Mindy I like how Tababaster wants to manipulate us to as if he's an awaiting trial prisoner he knows he is already in jail but his demands you know he he just he still continues to try and manipulate everyone Well, Mandy, uh, maybe Tabu Tabu Bester should have thought about the quality of prison food before he committed a crime that might land him in prison. Uh, What was he thinking? You can commit the
2: crime and then be sent to some five-star hotel with Michelin cuisine? (laughs) <laughs> uh, lots of reaction there to Tubblebester's complaints about the food that he's being served um, because he's a diabetic and he's complaining it's high sugar, high carb um, and the, and I think the important point there is that he's not an awaiting trial prisoner, that he has actually been convicted and then escaped um, and then all sorts of other things as well like literally hiding a dead body making it look like his own, the story is crazy. Um, so thank you very much for all of your WhatsApp voice notes. Yesterday we told you the story about what was happening on the M1 highway the M2 splits around the Crown Interchange. Uh, We were getting calls uh, into the radio station from drivers in peak hour traffic saying that there were guys with uh, weapons that were holding them up at gunpoint and then they ran off and went down a mineshaft. JMPD responded, but we want to get an update from the police about what has happened subsequently. Brigadier Atlende Mate, the national spokesperson for the SAPS, joining us. Brigadier, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, There were reports that there were arrests, but I just wanted to get clarity with you on that. What is the latest?
7: Well, a very good afternoon and thank you um, for the opportunity. Um, We can confirm that as of now, no victims of crime have um, reported at any of our stations to report what happened on the M1 um, yesterday. Um, we are urging those that were victims of this particular crime and in particular, the gentlemen that can be heard on the voice note um, reporting this particular incident to come forward and assist police investigations. I can confirm to you that no case has been reported at the Johannesburg Central Police Station. We have also been monitoring other stations in and around um, our uh, in Gauteng. No victim of crime has come forward. But in response to this, uh, because the safety and security of uh, all people living in South Africa is a top priority for the SAPS, we have increased uh, resources and po- police visibility along that route. We've got our drone capability. We've also got our air wing uh, support uh, team to uh, uh, obviously uh, conduct regular patrols in and around that area, and as well as identified hotspot routes.
2: Uh, just for clarity a uh, brigadier have there been arrests though
7: the arrests that you are referring to are the eight suspects that were arrested uh, during a jmpd and saps operation um yesterday in in the germiston area i think the jmpd was responding to the alleged robbery of the motorists, but as of now, we cannot link the eight that
2: have been arrested to this particular incident on the M1. Okay, uh, thank you for for that clarity. So, um, at the moment, are police still monitoring that that area?
7: we are monitoring that area as soon as um, this voice note started circulating and we uh, uh, maximized our resources there we deployed maximum resources of our members there but uh, what is also important is to highlight that we've got static deployments along uh, strategic routes along the highways and along some major routes so we do have static deployments to ensure a a quicker response uh, to those particular incidents when they are reported and that is why we are deeply concerned that as soon as we uh, heard of what had happened we immediately got there and we didn't find any victims of crime so it is quite disturbing and that is why we are urging the gentleman that did this recording and those that the person that took this photo to come forward and really assist
2: police investigation Brigadier, thank you very much. Uh, Brigadier Atlenda Mate, the national spokesperson for the police, uh, giving us an update there. Uh, So if you are the person who took the photographs uh, or if you're the person who recorded the voice note, please come forward to the police so that they can uh, investigate this matter.
1: 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m.
2: Happening this afternoon, the South African National Defence Force will be hosting a handing over ceremony of the mortal remains of Captain Simon Bobe and Lance Corporal Irvin Simono, who died after a mortar bomb landed in the South African base in the DRC on Valentine's Day. Uh, that's going to be taking place at the Vartokloof uh, Air Force Base this afternoon. Uh, let's speak now to Sapiwe Dlamini, who is the SANDF spokesperson. Sapiwe, good afternoon to you. Thank you for uh, coming on on. Uh, Tell us about uh, what is happening uh, with this handing over ceremony.
8: Well, thank you Mandy and uh, good afternoon to your listeners. Um, It's a very short uh, ceremony that we normally uh, would have for members that have lost their lives in missions abroad. Um, They arrived this morning, the remains arrived this morning, but we had to delay the the official handing over to to the um, uh, the schedule of the minister who had to fly in from cape town to personally receive uh, the, the remains of the two um uh, deceased members together with the chief of the south african national defense force so mm-hmm. at three o'clock this, this afternoon we would uh, 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 have a small uh, solemn parade for for the members and and uh, it's a very short ceremony where we okay. officially receive the remains and uh, hand them hand them over to the family, and then uh, uh, they are taken to where they'll be. Uh, um, they will remain until um, funerals have been finalised and concluded.
2: What is the status of those soldiers who were wounded uh, in this uh, attack? Where are they, and how are they doing?
8: They are doing. Uh, I'm glad to report that uh, those members are, are recovering, are recuperating very well. They are still under the care in hospital in Goma, and um, there is no um, serious concern around their, their present um, health situation. They are, they are on the way to recuperation fully.
2: Sapiwe, thank you very much uh, for that update. Good news. Good to hear that. Uh, Sapiwe Dlamini, the SANDF spokesperson. Uh, so some good news there about the improvement of the conditions of the soldiers who were wounded uh, at that South African Air Force base, um, at uh, the South African SANDF base. Rather, the mortal remains of the two soldiers who were killed will be handed over at that ceremony at Vartekloof this afternoon
1: what's
9: up mandy on oh seven two seven oh two one seven oh two uh mandy i think the da just lost the case they lost the case at the high court on what basis are they publishing this now this is just politicking from the da and i hope what they're doing is unconstitutional i hope the nc takes them to court in contempt of court i think mean, they were talking about the contempt of court when zuma was uh, during the um, the whole sack of commission I hope someone get uh, uh, prosecuted for this, because it's criminal. It's visual.
2: So, no, no, you, you're conflating the two different court cases here. So the, the one that the DA lost today is in the High Court to have catered de- deployment declared unconstitutional. The one about the records that they are releasing was a constitutional court decision um, which uh, said that the ANC had to hand over the catered deployment records to the uh, the DA, which it did by uh, five o'clock on Monday and the DA has released those now. So what the DA is doing is not unconstitutional um, because it is in compliance with the Constitutional Court, um, but what the DA—I know, I know this sounds confusing, right? I like—I need an LLB to explain this. Um, but what the DA is going to do now is appeal to the SCA and potentially the Constitutional Court. I hope that makes sense to you.
1: 7.02, the Midday Report, Monday to Friday, 12
2: to 1 p.m. Sure, from an LLB to a BCom, let's now try and unpack the budget speech this afternoon with the Finance Minister, Idon Ngunagwana. That's going to happen at 2 o'clock today. Uh, there's a debt mountain, uh, fiscal debt. Uh, are we going to see a wealth tax, an increase to VAT? There's so many things to consider. How is he going to deal with all of this? Professor Carl van Art, Professor and Research Director at UNICE's Bureau of Market Research, Joining us to give us some insight, Prof. Good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, we always joke that it's a it's a tight walk, tight rope walk, a juggling balancing act. What does the minister have to look at today?
10: Hi, uh, good afternoon. Yes, indeed. I think it's going to be a very tough task for the for the minister. Um, firstly, it is that I think the minister will indicate that it's a very constrained economic environment. Um, as you've seen from the medium term budget statement in October last year, it says that uh, re- revenues were actually um, about 15 billion rand less than expected. And it's also being expected that um, revenues um, coming in this year um, won't grow that quickly. In, in nominal terms, the expectation is it will only be about 6.4%, which means that the minister will really have. Uh, tight walk and as you've indicated um, there's quite a lot of things that you need to fund um, there's a lot of uh, pressure um, to um, fund the um, NHI also because of the fact that the NHI bill was passed but there's really not um, sufficient resources for that and um, then also there's a lot of talk at the moment um, with respect to um, the, the, the stress grant that could for example uh, feed into the basic income grant. And um, the expectation in this regard is, is that the that this stress grant won't be removed, but um, it's uh, very unclear exactly how it's going to phase mm. into the basic income grant what what and uh, how much it will go up. I think we're also going to hear quite a lot um, um, this afternoon from the minister about this, the um, state-owned enterprises. As you know that um, government is uh, guaranteeing their debts, but um, there's also a lot of new controls being um, brought in to ensure that it's not uh, runaway debt. And as you've also indicated, this is that um, there's going to be a lot of um, focus on uh, possible um, uh, on uh, tax rates. The expectation at the moment is not that um, that will there was a lot of talk that that could possibly be raised up to 15.5%. But um, especially in an election here, yeah, that won't be very popular. Uh, we're not ex- expecting an introduction of wealth tax because um, by doing that, you will be uh, killing off the geese that's laying the mm. um, golden eggs. However, and this is a um, difficult one, is that uh, we're expecting that the fuel levies, which for the past two years, that there were no increases, that um, the fuel levy will uh, definitely be hiked this year. And um, also that that could also be a, a, a form of tax. And then, of course, as always, we're expecting that, um, uh, um, that your excise taxes, especially the so-called sin taxes, will, will also be hiked.
2: So we have this issue, of course, of servicing our debt, which you mentioned. We have a um, budget deficit. Uh, In other words, we are getting less money in than what we are spending. So that means the minister is going to have to cut spending.
10: Correct, because um, there's basically two options in that regard. Number one is to cut spending, which is um, especially not very popular in an election here. And as you know, that there's a lot of imperatives and new things that that, that need to be funded, especially with the basic income grant and NHR and a lot of those things. The other one, of course, is, is that uh, more money can, can, can be borrowed. And um, especially the ratings agencies, that's very concerned mm. as to exactly um, how that will play off. Um, our expectation in this regard is, is that um, the um, government debt to GDP ratio is still going right. to increase somewhat. Although slower than, yeah. than, than previous
2: years. Prof, thank you so much. Uh, Professor Karl van Art is Professor and Research Director at UNICEF's Bureau of Market Research. Let's have another look at this now with the Institute for Economic Justice, uh, which has released a new policy brief Alternatives to Austerity. Uh, we're joined by Liso Umdurtiana who's going to discuss this with us. Lisa, good afternoon to you. Uh, as I've just been discussing with the prof, uh, we need to oh. to find ways to, to cut, or we need to get more money in. Your policy brief looks at revenue options to raise the maximum available resources. How do you propose the minister does that?
9: Um, well, we think uh, cutting is not really an option uh, in this kind of economy. And, Uh, We feel as though uh, one thing that people maybe haven't noticed is that uh, for the past uh, couple of years the minister has been cutting uh, and yet it has not led us uh, anywhere in terms of our public finances. So we think there are multiple avenues uh, to explore. Uh, First of all, we think it's important to just reduce the leakages in our economy. So that means that we do not give, or the government uh, does not give tax breaks to people who are relatively well off, people earning above 500,000 or 760,000. The kind of tax breaks that they receive are in the tens of billions. And it's definitely money that could be uh, spent better elsewhere. Uh, we also think that uh, the, the, the the government uh, can tap into the golden foreign exchange uh, contingency reserve. So it's an issue uh, as the IHA that we've raised uh, in the past in the past year, mm. and it's something that has been up for discussion between. Uh, 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 the Reserve Bank and National Treasury. So we are looking forward uh, in the budget speech to hear how exactly uh, that fund uh, will be tapped into. Uh, uh, for, yes. for
2: you, it's really about challenging this narrative, right? This ad nauseum narrative that budget cuts are required. Rather, what yes. you want to see is additional revenue streams being added.
9: Yes, uh, precisely. And, and, and to not to repeat myself, but we have seen budget cuts uh, but they have not really led us anywhere. Uh, we understand part of the problem uh, in some of the spending is that the money is not spent well. That That, that, that is without a doubt an issue, but mm. there are aspects uh, where the, the issue is the allocation rather than the way that the money is spent. Uh, so we don't think uh, there, there, there is even room uh, for the minister to start cutting. Right. But. Uh, judging from what we have seen in the past uh, uh, budget speech and the MTBPS, there is sort of an expectation that uh, there probably will be cuts. We are just anticipating where and uh, uh, what impacts they will have.
2: Lisa, Mm. thank you very much. Lisa Mdutiana from the uh, Institute for Economic Justice giving us an alternative view. The Midday
4: Report.
2: Don't forget, the budget is at 2 o'clock this afternoon.